in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. This is it. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? It's Wednesday. The busiest, they say this is the busiest travel, whatever, of the year. Uh, doesn't look that way outside. Then again, this is Midtown Manhattan. Everybody's trying to get away from here. I fortunately am just a few blocks from home. I don't have to go uh, anywhere. I'm staying in the city. It feels totally, totally, totally glorious. Uh, let's see. Tonight, no TV show. And tomorrow, it's going to be a great big festival of food and gratitude. Absolutely. My mother made made sure Thanksgiving is her favorite holiday. My Aunt Teresa used to put on some. Well, first my grandmother and then my Aunt Teresa picked it up and all the cousins, everybody would go to Breezy Point and Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful trend, uh, tradition. And my mom sometimes would, would we, we'd have it at our house and then we'd go back to Teresa's. Uh, Teresa's no longer with us. Our Aunt Teresa. How many years ago? Was it four years ago this, this month, right? Yeah. Uh, no, next month, December. Uh, great lady. And you know who I'm talking about if you live in Breezy Point in the Rockaways, uh, Teresa King. Um, anyway, I love uh, Thanksgiving. Hope you do as well. Uh, and I don't know if I'll be celebrating America. I just don't know. I don't know. I love our Constitution. I love the ideals. I love, uh, you know, love being American, I guess. I mean, lately, uh, what kind of country is it where you can't go out and express your views without fear? I mean, we can't do that. If you're a MAGA person, you can't do that. You can't wear a hat. You can't wear a Make America Great Again hat. You think you're going to be allowed into a corporate setting as a Trump supporter, as an overt Trump supporter, or as academia, entertainment, sports? You can't do that. Well, hey, Greg, you really shouldn't be talking politics at those settings. Okay, but uh, maybe you could make that case, but I see you can talk Obama. You can wear a Hope, one of those Hope T-shirts with Obama, looking like he's uh, more important than he is. You know, Remember that whole silly thing, the Andy Warhol ripoff? You can wear an Obama hat. You can't wear a MAGA hat. And they have actually made us feel. It's amazing. 74 million people voted for Donald Trump, more than any sitting president in history. And I don't believe, I don't believe that Joe Biden got more legitimate votes. <gasps> oh, boy, we're going to lose our license. No, shut up. Oh, boy. Did you hear? I, I caught a little bit of Mark Levin. I got to find this monster clip he used. I mean, I've shown examples of Democrats and media questioning uh, the Republican uh, elections in the past, the, the legitimacy of George W. Bush, the legitimacy of Donald Trump, and questioning the election results. I've done that, but I've never heard a monster kind of mashup like this with creepy music in the background. It's just totally amazing, and it reveals them to be complete and total hypocrites. Worse than hypocrites. What's her? I mean, just they're, they're the dangers to democracy. The way they will... They're the purveyors of misinformation. They really are. They, everything they say about us, that's what they're doing. Oh, by the way, a totally different subject. You heard about that horrible situation in Colorado, the mass shooting at the Q Club, which I guess is a is a gay club, but doesn't seem like anybody who, anyway, whatever. Five people were shot. A horrible, horrible, horrible thing. One of the dudes who was there, a military veteran, sprang into action. This guy could have killed 25 people. But somebody who was there took him down. Hey, a lot of the folks there, I guess they're, you know, it was, a, it was a, a lot of drag situ- 
stuff going on, and uh, that's all great. It's all great when children aren't involved. I have no problem. One of the coolest people in my book around is, uh, what's his name again? Sorry. Uh, RuPaul. RuPaul. You know RuPaul, supermodel of the world? People like that stuff. It's fine. As an adult, you can. We just don't want the children getting involved. Okay? Fair enough. Totally fair. Totally fair. But they, they're going after our kids. They really are. I'm not talking. I mean, they are the left. Why, why are they so eager to get into the classrooms, these drag people, trans, whatever, and start reading to children? Stay the hell out of it. I don't have any business in the fourth grade reading to kids. Neither did those people. Teachers. We've got teachers for that. Um, they're corrupting everything about what made this country great. I don't know what's going to happen. I do know this. I mean, we're going to start seeing, have we already started to see it? I got to look at the accident statistics. Uh, people are stoned out of their minds. I just came out of Staples 15 minutes ago. I was inside Staples and some guy comes in. He looks, you know, whatever. He's a regular guy doing his job, whatever that is. Looks like he was making a delivery of some sort, but he was not in uniform. He had pot smoke all over him. Pot. He was just at one point, you know, wow, that's what an illegal, horrible thing to do. No, it's totally legal. It's totally fine. He's a 35-year-old guy with a lot of life ahead of him. I wonder how he thinks that pot is helping him get through the day. How is it, right? It takes the edge off, takes the sting. What, what, what? You need a little bit of anxiety to get things done. We have no idea what this is going to do to us as a country. We have no. I'll tell you what, if we don't reverse it, we will become a third-rate power. Forget second-rate power, third-rate power. You can't smoke that stuff in China. You can't smoke that stuff in Russia. You can smoke it here. In fact, it's encouraged. It's totally, totally encouraged. Um, and that's that's so foreign to me. Growing up, we didn't, right? Hey, who remembers the Beastie Boys? Remember that? You got to fight for your right to party. For some, It was on an elevator, and I heard that song. That hypocrite smokes two packs a day. This song came out when I was a senior in high school, and it was really edgy, wild stuff. And they were talking about the realities of growing up in America. You know, your dad smokes, says you can't smoke. What a hypocrite. Your mom throws away your best porno magazine. Wow. How quaint. How, (laughs) who would have thought that that would be kind of a wholesome way of looking at the world. Imagine that parental involvement, uh, removing the scourge of pornography pornography from the house by throwing away a magazine. How... (laughs) <laughs> that sounds fantastic. What a great situation. You know, 11-year-olds sending pictures. Crazy. We are in such a state of the, not decline. Decline doesn't really capture it. It's it's worse than that. It's a free fall. It is a total free fall. We've got some hope out there. We've got our faith. And you know what? We've got Donald Trump. How in the world does he take it? The How in the world? This is a... A very unique person. I think he's absolutely great. I think he is uh, God-delivered, <laughs> sanctioned, uh, with unique gifts. Anybody else, anybody else would be crushed. You know, he's not normal in a good way. A normal person would have run, run, run away a long time ago. So we are lucky we have him. Very, very lucky. Um did you see, and how unlucky are we? Well, unlucky, That's we're elevating him too much. He's just a clown enjoying himself. Eric Adams, 
giving his girlfriend a job. Is that what I saw in the post this morning? Eric Adams, who does not, I told you this guy does not know, um, he doesn't understand life. And one of the reasons why he's getting away with so much, well, there are two reasons, really. He's a liberal and he's black. And as Curtis Sliwa says, what is it? The his complexion. How does that, how does Curtis put it? The color of the, his protection is his complexion. Now, does that sound harsh? Well, I don't care. That's the way it is. During the campaign, the media would not take on this guy who lived in New Jersey. He lives in New Jersey, becomes the mayor of New York, and the media are protecting him. They're tiptoeing around him. They want to make sure everything's A-OK. Yet they pick on the Asian guy, Andrew Yang. Why is that? Eric Adams did not win because he was a, a tough-on-crime Democrat. No, he won because he was the black guy with name recognition. He hung around New York City long enough, shooting his mouth off, no, no responsibility, nothing, just trying to make the news every now and then. You do that long enough, people know who you are, and when there's a silly election day held on the last day of school in June, the guy with name recognition, particularly, yes, the black guy, is going to be the nominee. And there it is. And you know how many people voted? We talked about this before. 200,000 people in a city of 8 million. So it's a great big joke. Unfortunately, the joke is on us. And this is how he flow. How does he say that? Remember, you know, he flows a certain way. This is the, uh, I do the salsa. Former 911 dispatcher and friend of New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who he used to live with, is now one of his highest paid staff members, earning $241,000 a year. Lisa White was appointed Commissioner for Employee Relations by the NYPD in May. Is that really a job? Commissioner for Employee? I got to ask my dad, did he have a Commissioner for Employee Relations? I thought he was the Commissioner for all that stuff. Uh, White previously earned $53,000 a year as a 911 operator. I think that was her top salary after 24 years as a 911 operator. In addition to her six-figure salary, quarter of a million dollars a year, White will also bring in a $30,000 per year pension. Eric Adams and White go a long way back and are such close friends that the mayor even rented a room to her, uh, or I'm sorry, rented a room from her in a Crown Heights apartment from 2013 to 2017. Uh, Daily Mail has this, the New York Post. Lisa White was appointed Commissioner for Employee Relations in May. What is that job? Has that existed for a long time? I have a feeling it might have been a make, they, they made it, they may have invented it just for her. City Hall confirmed White and the mayor had been friends for decades, but denied he had any hand in hiring her to the NYPD post. <laughs> White is not the first city hire during Adams' tenure as mayor to have raised eyebrows, raised eyebrows. This should bring on criminal indictments. You can't do this. Last January, he tried to hire his, oh, I remember this, his brother, Bernard Adams, to a $242,000 a year job at the NYPD before the appointment was shot down. That's right. Remember when Eric Adams, I, I got to I got to worry about all the white supremacists out there. There's lots of white supremacists who don't like me. Adam, who has never been married, is currently the partner of Tracy Collins, who is a senior youth development director for the NYC Department of Education. I don't know anything about her or when she got that job. Uh, we're not talking about her right now. I do believe, though, that they shared a crib in New Jersey. 
White began her career with the NYPD in 1995. Hey, by the way, I love NY and what and 911 technicians. Have you ever called 911? You you actually feel like you're in pretty good hands with those folks. Um, you know they've heard it all, they've seen it all. Well, I guess they've heard it more than they've seen it, but they're very good. You know, you're agitated, they're calm. I've had to call 911. I don't know, half dozen times, uh, maybe two dozen times in my yeah, a dozen or so times. A lot. I've called it. I call it more than the average person. I see something, I say something. Sometimes I just, I feel like if I don't do it, oh, man, maybe something, I, 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 so I call. Now, I don't call non-emergencies. If I feel like it's an emergency, there's 311, although nobody ever answers the phone at 311. Adams officially began running for a borough president in 2013. He changed his address to White's address at McKeever Place in Crown Heights. I'm sorry, this is a, such a small-time guy. This is such a small-time move. This is like the. This is also very low-grade corruption. You know, it's 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 corruption. It's low-grade. It's like, it's it's the seediness. This is more Jersey City than New York City. You know what I mean? Sorry. Um, hey, did you see my? Hey, did you see your President Trump has endorsed my book? I told you about it yesterday. I got thousands of emails all over the place. It's pretty cool. President Trump says you wrote a good book, and he tells the world. Uh, people start reaching out to the author. That's me. Uh, couldn't be happier. Thank you very, very much, um, to the president. I thanked him. I thank, I, by the way, I reached out and thanked him. Somebody does something nice for you. You really should. You really should. No matter who it is. I got to tell you, I thought to myself, you know, I should thank him, but I don't want to bother him. You know what I mean? He's already done. He knows how I feel. No, you got to thank somebody. You got to thank somebody. And you really notice it when somebody doesn't do that, right? You notice it when it, when somebody doesn't follow up or, Thank you for something. You really should always. And I almost didn't. I was like, ah, he doesn't. I can't. It's going to be weird. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to bother him. No, they want to hear from you. Um, So the book comes out January 10th. It's available wherever books are sold. And ooh, 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 did you hear that Colorado situation? We brought it up a moment ago. It turns out that the shooter, the alleged shooter, is not some MAGA guy, by the way. That was the first... Well, this is what MSNBC said about how this thing, it would happen at a gay nightclub, right? MSNBC, cut 27, please. I wish that I had been more surprised uh, at what happened. I mean, we've seen just relentless attacks, um, uh, particularly on trans Americans, including trans children, um, for politics. The trans community, does it feel like this was, in a sense, inevitable because of the attacks and the way trans people have been targeted by conservative politicians in this country, not just with rhetoric, but with policy. It's not true. It's not true. I think the what they could argue is the, the toughest thing that Donald Trump, when he was president, said, we're not doing any transgender surgeries and we're not going to allow transgenders to serve in the military. All right. I mean, is that does that sound radical? In my lifetime, when I joined the military, guess what? We didn't allow America did not allow people who are openly gay to serve in the military. We've come a long way. And I actually think it's it's good. I was okay with don't ask, don't tell. I'm totally fine with the present policy. It doesn't matter uh, your orientation. It doesn't. The transgender thing, though, is problematic. Logistically, it's problematic. Uh, medically, it's problematic. That regarding the military. Everything else, the only things I've heard conservatives say about transgender don't start talking to kids about transitioning and don't read. Don't bring drag queens into school to, to, to read to them. That's reasonable. Of course it is. 
Turns out the alleged shooter is transgender. (laughs) Sorry, it's a horrible situation what happened out there, but it is a little bit ironic that the shooter, the alleged shooter, is identifying as, according to his attorney, non-binary. Non-binary. That's like neither man nor woman or switches or whatever. Non-binary. That's all part of that LGBTQ thing. Something tells me we're going to... It's already started to happen. This story is going away and fast. Do I have time for this one thing? No. I'll be right back. Give me a moment. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That new weirdo prosecutor, Jack Smith, is going to. They've delegated getting Trump to him. He's the independent prosecutor. He's got a clear mandate. Get Trump. That's what it's all about. Uh, there's This guy is not independent. He is owned by the Justice Department. Oh, wait a second. He was a war crimes prosecutor. He was he prosecuted war crimes. Isn't that fascinating? No, not really. Uh, they think it is, but it's not. Cut 22. Jack Smith, if that is his real name, has a hell of a resume. To take this assignment, he had to leave his current job at The Hague, where he investigated war crimes in Kosovo. And the new special counsel, Jack Smith, he's, he's a longtime prosecutor, uh, no stranger to the Justice Department, uh, known for his work in international war crimes prosecutions. Smith's most recently investigated and prosecuted war crime cases. Wow, it sounds so amazing. War, and we hate war crimes and war criminals, right? Eichmann, uh, Nuremberg, all that stuff is, is very important. But when it comes to uh, The Hague... It's all political, it's all woke, and it's all weird. And did you know that America is not a signatory to that international criminal court? We're not. We're not. Why? Because America officially, Democrat Democrat presidents like Bill Clinton, Republican presidents like George W. Bush refused to ratify it because they were afraid of the potential for prosecutorial abuse and unchecked power. So now Jack Smith has a job right up his alley. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, hello, everybody. You know, we got, what, 300 million people in America, and we've got 435, 437 people we elect to lead. And one of them just walked in the room. I think this is fantastic. Congressman Dan Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania. Uh, such a treat to have you here. I've seen you on C-SPAN. I've seen you on cable, and now you're here. Congressman, welcome. How are you? Greg, excellent. Great to be with you. You're Appreciate it. Pennsylvania, but you grew up on Long Island. True. How'd you? What brought you to Pennsylvania, and why'd you stay there? Well, uh, great question. Uh, I really appreciated growing up on Long Island. I will tell you that. My, my dad was NYPD. Uh, once he retired, he got into the home medical equipment business, connected with a uh, small company called Pride Lumber and Furniture at the time, uh, based over in Pittston, Pennsylvania, about uh, about 100 miles from here. And um, he lured us in. I say lured. Uh, my brother actually was with him at when they acquired part of the company or all the company in the end. Uh, my brother, Scott Muser, continues to be the CEO. 
you know, I worked over there for uh, over 20 years and then got into the uh, political realm of things. That would be so great to work at a family business. I mean, I, I know it's tough. You guys got your own unique stresses and in addition to all the ones that, you know, publicly owned yeah. businesses have. Yeah. But I would love to be able to say my brother's the CEO. <laughs> it just got to. So, look, Congressman, number sure. one, uh, let's talk business for a little bit. You're about to take the majority. Indeed. Are you psyched? Very. Are you going to? Uh, not to put you on the spot, but are you going to vote for Mr. McCarthy? Go ahead. Put me on the spot. Mr. Um, McCarthy, are you supporting yes, him? I am. We He has a plan. He got us here. Nobody did more to gain the majority for Republicans. Um, I think you know that the vast majority of us have already come out and stated that we're going to be supporting uh, Kevin McCarthy, including Jim Jordan, including Scott Perry, including others that are within the Freedom Caucus. I'm not in the Freedom Caucus at this moment in time, but I vote with them, I think, 99% of the time. Uh, you know, I'm a conservative guy, but I'm a business person. I'm a problem solver. I'm there to get things done. I don't I don't like the idea of making perfect the enemy of good, um, but I don't. Th- we're not doing that with somebody like McCarthy. He's talented. He's conservative. And the thing is this. He's going to be held to, to – he's going to be accountable. He's going to be accountable to 222 members, which gives him a four-vote leeway in the end. Are so, we, do you think he's got it locked up? Do you think he does? I mean, like, there are guys like Gates yeah. and a few others saying, like, yeah. never him, no matter what. Right. And he's, I guess he's got to win them over somehow because yeah. he needs, like, just about everybody. Yeah. I mean, he can give up four, as I just said, because it, it, we have 221 right now with Lauren Boebert winning, which she likely will. We'll have 222. So that gives him a four-vote leeway uh, to get to the 218. Yeah. I, 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 Knowing Kevin, he will work with them. Uh, a couple of them have used some pretty definitive language that they were not going to support him. Um, and so we have to see, but I honestly, I cannot imagine who else it would be because 218 of us, 217 aren't going to vote for anybody else, but, but Kevin McCarthy, because he deserves it. And we're, we're, we're trusting him with the commitment to America and to the agenda. And it's America first agenda, by the way. Well, we're very pleased, quite frankly. We were nervous for a little while and we wanted the results to be even more in our favor. Look, I'm very clear about my my sympathies and my leaning. So Congressman Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania, who, by the way, just crushed your opponent. I was like, what did you get, like 90 percent of the vote? It was crazy. Well, 90 next time. We got 70. Seven. Well, <laughs> next best thing. Uh, boy, that person must be uh, regretting taking on somebody like you. I uh, Anyway, congratulations on your reelection. What's your priority? I mean, I hear people say, well, look, we're majority, but we don't have the Senate. Joe Biden's still a maniac. We're not going to be able to pass much in the way of legislation. So it's going to be about investigations, which I think is a legitimate thing to do. Um, Is that a fair assessment? It's going to be about investigations. And if it is, what should be investigated first and foremost? Well, you know, Joe Biden is proving himself daily to be perhaps the worst president by far we've ever had. And I say that as an objective American Uh, just recently with this, what they're trying to do with Russia and purchase oil from Russia at a cap for the EU because we because because we have um, had an assault on American energy. And so our exports and our production is far less than it was in, in Trump's last year. That's just one aspect. So what we need to do is strengthen America, number one, for for all people, make America a better place. And we start with strengthening our national security, which means border security. And it means energy independence. We we must gain uh, energy independence. We're going to pass very specific bills that call for more drilling, more leases, more pipelines, and to call off the dogs, if you will, 
on the uh, the ESG mandates uh, being put down by Gensler at the SEC. That's a big part of this. We're not investing in domestic energy. So if Biden's going to veto those things, Biden is telling every American that he is for gasoline over $4 and he's for weakening the United States of America. And we're going to be very specific on on border uh, uh, control as well. So so regarding uh, remain in Mexico, regarding engaging the Me- Mexican government in, in, in assisting in, in the proper adjudication of, of asylum, they're doing everything reverse of what Trump had in, 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 in process. All right. That sounds great. Yeah. What about impeaching Biden? I mean, yeah. and I'm, I'm serious, yeah. actually. I mean, look, they, they got us for something. I mean, they got Trump on that phone call, which was, in my opinion, a beautiful phone call. I do believe I'm not an expert, but I think some of this stuff is totally impeachable. Yeah. He has a constitutional responsibility to protect us, the border. Uh, it's in the Constitution. If you look it up, he's not protecting us. Right. Do you think he's impeachable and should he be impeached? Yeah, well. I think that we are going to do investigations, and I think he has a dereliction of his duty. Clearly, he, Mayorkas, and others for their job. We will find out that their dereliction of duty uh, encroaches upon criminality um, between what Hunter Biden and the big guy uh, have done, as well as what's been done at our border between human trafficking and drugs and everything else. These things are going to be un- uncovered. We are going to be accountable to the American people. We've got people like Jim Jordan. They're going to dig deep here, and we're going to get answers. Fantastic. Hey, can I ask you this? It's just a suggestion, if you don't mind. No, uh, no, no. Look, the January 6th thing, um, <clears throat> there are so many unanswered questions. But worse than that, there are so many questions that haven't even been asked in the public forum. Yeah. You know, why did the Capitol Police try to secure the Capitol with bicycle racks? Mm-hmm. Why were some of them allowing people to come inside? And most seriously, in my opinion, why did Lieutenant Michael Byrd shoot and kill Ashley Babbitt when she was posing no imminent deadly threat to anybody and she was unarmed, not revealing a gun? And I know you guys, it's probably awkward for you. I mean, for the members, because the Capitol Hill cops are all over the place and some of them are acting like they're members for crying out loud. Harry Dunn. And, you know, I mean, like it's totally wildly inappropriate. Sir, you're you're son of NYPD. You've got. You built a business with your family. You've got nothing to be intimidated about, and I think you should just go in there, and someone's got to do it because I know some Republicans are reluctant to do so. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't be. <clears throat> I mean, it was a bad day, okay, but what you just stated as far as the Capitol Police uh, requesting National Guards, all absolutely true. I have, the, I have the police records on my desk, and in the end, the Sergeant of Arms who reports to Nancy Pelosi denied that request. The request came from the White House as well three days prior, uh, suggesting, encouraging, asking for National Guard. That's that's all part of the record. Nancy Pelosi, as Speaker, was in control of the Capitol, uh, denied it all. So um, the other matters, how about the other day in, in, a, in a public hearing under oath, Christopher Wray, FBI director, was asked if there were FBI agents posing as Trump supporters, and he said, I have to be careful here. I can't answer that question. Clearly, we see that he could have answered the question, but we wouldn't have liked the answer. It is amazing. And by the way, I, I talked about this on my TV show last night, and I have the soundbite right here because I used it last night. Listen to this. I was, I, was, I was shocked, and I've been following this issue like anybody. It never occurred to me that there could have been FBI or informants in the Capitol before the protesters got there. This is what he said when confronted Christopher Ray by a congressman. I don't know where this guy was from who was asking the questions. Maybe you'll recognize the voice. But he's a hero. Cut 24, please. 
Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, About when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters position inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Congressman. Yeah. That was my friend Clay Higgins uh, from Louisiana. I had a career in law enforcement. As you can tell, he's a no-nonsense tough guy. As a side story, he and I actually t- took a trip to uh, Israel together, and we were both baptized in the Jordan River. <laughs> wow. As a side note. So he and I uh, share that, and we're, we're, we're very close. Um, yeah, outrageous. And Christopher Ray will be back. Very unfortunately, our FBI has some serious credibility and integrity problems. We need to get to the bottom of it and help straighten them out. So glad you're there to do that, and uh, my best to your uh, your colleague there, Congressman Clay Higgins. All right, listen, a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Look, being a congressman, um, it's got to be, it's got its ups and downs. Uh, is it a fun job? Is it a bad job? Is it a pain in the neck? Is it, How would you characterize it? Well, it's uh, it's two jobs. One's in the district, where we're all about constituent services and problem solving and uh, project management. Uh, because there's many different projects that come our way from uh, from the private sector to you know community development projects, infrastructure, and and transportation. So we have to be very effective at that. And and I have a district team that is. Uh, so we uh, we we have that, and that's a lot of hands-on, uh, a lot of busy work. Uh, in Washington, it's about pe- being the the voice of the people. Uh, it's about re- uh, representing them, but but. Uh, reflecting their a good congressman reflects their district very well. The vast majority of it. Where's your district? Ninth district. Where was that in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania's ninth. Um, it's the best district I think, in certainly in Pennsylvania yeah. and in the country. It's almost the size of Connecticut. The new district. I do include the Marcella Shale area now. The northern tier we call it. Bradford County, S- Sullivan County, Susquehanna County. But I go all the way down through uh, Schuylkill County, Berks County. I have Pottsville, for instance where uh, uh, if you drink Yingling beer, uh, it's brewed in my right in the center of my district. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, that sounds like a cool place. It is. Fetterman's uh, going to be your uh, your Senate colleague. Uh, have you met him yet? I uh, met he, uh, him when he was lieutenant governor a couple of times. He had very little to say, and uh, it wasn't a very yeah, long conversation. Less right. now. A lot less now. Let's face it. Yeah. He's uh, got it. Oh, boy. Wow. Good, good night. Uh, so, um, and by the way, you, uh, you're, you're in your fifties. I'm taking it right. Yes. You're, about 50s, you're, you're pretty trim. How do you keep so trim? Well, you know, um, I, uh, kind of watch what I eat. Although I, I just had a steak across the street, huh. uh, ran into John Casmatitas and that's how I got here. But, uh, I run, I'm a runner. So that'll, that'll do it. 
How many miles and when do you do it? Well, always in the mornings, but if I can sneak one in in the afternoon, you know, not as much as I used to as I get a little bit older, but three, four, yeah, if I'm if I'm lucky. Good for you. Somebody told me running's a fountain of youth, and uh, I yeah. was doing it for a couple of years. I, I backed off in the past few months, and uh, I've got the bloat that goes with not running. Anyway, Congressman, a couple more things. Uh, you said you went to SUNY Maritime, then you went to Cornell. What did you major in? Economics. And your first job out of college was right to the family business? No. No, I had a couple of jobs right out of college, but I um, I was actually selling cars because I needed a car out on Long Island. What kind of car? Uh, Subaru. <laughs> Where In Babylon? Bayshore. I bought a Honda Accord at Bayshore Honda, which I think is right next door to uh, Subaru, right? Probably. And, it's going back a little ways. I don't, it's, I don't think it's there anymore. How long did you do it? About a year and a half, almost. Uh, and then I was heading to Wall Street, and then this opportunity with my uh, my brother and father came along. Yeah. When you guys say I got to talk to the manager, now I've heard different things about this. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a, it's it's an illusion. It's a, it's a, it's a tactic. But then I've actually heard you actually do have to check with the manager about the prices. Is yeah. that what? What's that all about? Well, in those days, we had a fair amount of autonomy, uh, which I thought was great. Uh, but yeah, when when it was when it was close, and you didn't want to take too much of a risk, uh, it, you you should you should check with the manager, check with the owner. But I will tell you what, that was an incredible experience uh, being there for about fourteen months. Learned a lot about about working with banks, gaining insurance, people selling. Anyway, can you tell when they're going to buy? When can you tell who's serious and who's not <laughs> just by looking at them at the end of that? Um, yeah, you usually get a pretty good feel. But 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 any car dealers out there know you're well represented in Congress. We have Roger Williams from Texas, Mike Kelly's got a couple of big dealerships in Pennsylvania, both really good friends of mine, Vern Buchanan down in Florida. So we have a couple of car dealers deal, dealer owners in uh, in the Republican side of the US Congress. Well, folks, keep your eye on Congressman Dan Muser, Republican of Pennsylvania, the 9th district, the best in the in the country, I'm See. told, of course. And by the way, I think you are one of, if you add it all up, it's actually 500 and 537. That's all we've got. A country of 300 million people. We've got 537 of you. Senate, House, and a vice president, president. That's it, right? There's nobody else. It's a lot of power. Correct. We Yeah, we have uh, in, from Puerto Rico and Guam, but they don't get a vote. They don't count. Oh, by the way, do you think they're going to try to change that, you know, D.C. statehood and stuff like that. I, I feel. And is there is there a possibility? Well, it won't now since we won the House. But that's how tenuous this all is. Uh, people need to understand, um, you know, when they had that majority in the House and they had 50 plus one with Kamala Harris, if they would have broken up that filibuster, uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema in the end and all the Republicans kept that from happening. That would have been a disaster. D.C. would be a state. What they cared there for was was uh, two new senators. Um, uh, they would have stacked the court. Uh, they, they, they would have uh, passed the federal legislation on, on, uh, on voting, uh, taking away the requirement of any sort of uh, ID. So our, 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 you know, our, um, our freedom, our democracy is people always got to be paying attention about who they're going to vote for and be on the right side of things, in my view. Congressman Dan Muser, many, many thanks. Uh, how can people find uh, the congressman on Twitter? What's your, I'm looking at your uh, person here. Can you say on the microphone, what's your name, by the way? This is Matt Perricone with Congressman Dan Muser's office. Uh, it, it, you're like uh, one of those young staffers, right? You start, how, how old are you? I'm 
uh, 25 years old. 25, right? This is how this is how Lyndon Johnson got his start, by the way. <laughs> and how do we follow the congressman? How do we get more information? The congressman's on Facebook at Congressman Dan Muser, and we're on Twitter as well at at, at Rep Muser. M-E-U-S-E-R, right? M-E-U-S-E-R. All right, good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, both of you. Thank happy, you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. You're a great American, Greg. Appreciate oh, you. Wow. That's Hannity. We got a little Hannity moment. I'm a great American. Thank you very much. No, it's uh, and it, it, it's. You a, look like a younger version of Hannity, by the way. Well, <laughs> much younger. That's the plan. Hopefully, to be the next Hannity. We'll be right back. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg Kelly, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You never know who you're going to meet. Oh, what a great guy. Should have asked him what's next. I mean, he could be conceivably he could be president someday. That guy we just met. Uh, President, governor, uh, you never know. All right, hey, we have, we haven't had any calls yet this uh, this uh, go round. Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. Hi, welcome back. Oh, I might be working in his district. He's beloved up there. Everybody says the same about you. But he could be president, or he could be take the even better job, the grand, high, exalted mystic Mr. ruler. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous of me. Norton, because the Grand High Exalted Mr. Grueler never wrote you a letter. He doesn't have to write me a letter. He works right next to me in the sewer. (laughs) Great. But I wanted to ask about your job as a Marine in the Kennedy assassination, the ballistics, because you are an expert. I'm the opposite of an expert. The way his head gets shot off, to me, the bullet comes the other direction. And Oliver Stone was also in Vietnam, veteran, and he says it comes... But I know he's controversial, but what is your expert opinion? Well, on expert that? opinion. I mean, I know how to shoot and aim a weapon pretty well, and this is uh, – but what you're seeing there, and a lot of folks have said this, well, uh, and, and Oliver Stone in that stupid movie. It was not only stupid, it was bad. It was just bad. But So Kennedy gets hit in the head, and a lot of people think that his head moved backwards. And how could his head have moved backwards if the, if the round was coming from the, the rear? It would have – it would have pushed his head forward. Well, it's a fair observation, but there's something that they did not consider that we didn't know about, and we've enhanced the Zapruder film enough. And um, I learned this about 30 years ago. There's something called what scientists have termed the jet effect. There is a jet effect. So I hate to be gruesome here, but Kennedy is shot. The bullet goes in the back of his head. All right. There's essentially an explosion inside his head and all the stuff. All the brain matter emanates, if you see it, it explodes to the front, right? It comes in, and that that all the matter, gunk, guts coming out of his brain, right, pushes the head back. So the the jet effect, the, the bullet lodges, then there's an explosion in the head, and I think the weaker part of the skull or something like that is, is opens the front, and it pushes the head back. At least that's how it was explained to me, the jet effect. And I think there's something to it. Uh, so that's my answer to that. Fair enough? You're blown away. Okay. Thanks. And uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Oh, I didn't finish that thing with the war crime. And Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, independent prosecutor, who has a mission to get Trump no matter what. They've tried to make it look slightly less political. In doing so, they've made it ten times more political. 
this guy is a crazy weirdo who should not be um, an independent prosecutor. This is ludicrous. they got to get rid of that whole thing anyway. They just have to. They have to. Um, now, I told you that he is a war crime prosecutor. And, again, that sounds fantastic, right, a war crime prosecutor. But it's fantastic when it's worked in the past, and that's a long time ago, going after Eichmann, going after – um, you know, Nazi war criminals at Nuremberg. But lately, it's been all politicized, and it's all weird. And there's a reason why Democrat presidents and Republican presidents have refused to ratify the International Criminal Court Treaty. Because, um, as this guy puts it, to NPR, no less, he's speaking to National Public Radio. His name is Bellinger. He's the former senior legal advisor at the State Department, okay, Swamp City. Listen to what he says about the International Criminal Court, Cut 23. The U.S. has been concerned from the very beginning uh, that the prosecutor for the court would be given too much power unchecked, and he or she could conduct politically motivated prosecutions of U.S. soldiers. U.S. soldiers. And we do that. Our, you know, We have the mechanisms to investigate soldiers accused of war crimes. But how about that? Too much power unchecked politically motivated those are the united states concerns about the international criminal court and so we take one of those prosecutors and make him put him here independent prosecutor the the concern again is politically motivated unchecked power this is a bad 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 move although now i have to just assume that donald trump will win again because he always does he always does i think he's got protection i think he is anointed, quite frankly. You think all this is happening without God's permission, all right? He's got a plan. He's got a plan. And it's all going to work out. Sometimes we are mystified as to what's going down, but ultimately he can turn anything into uh, to work for him, his good, the good. Um, and the congressman was right. I played that clip of um, Christopher Ray. Keep this in mind, January 6th, they will not concede. They will not say whether or not they had FBI agents in the crowd. They won't say it. Ted Cruz brought this up in January. He brought it up to a high-ranking FBI official. I had never heard of her. I had never seen her before, and I assumed that she couldn't answer the questions because she was concerned it was above her pay grade or whatever. Uh, She had to be ultra-careful because, well, she is an employee. She's not the boss. This is how it went down in January. Ted Cruz uh, with uh, FBI agent... Nobody knows what her name is. Cut 25, please. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. What? Now, that was a big deal to me at the time. That What are you talking about? You can't answer it. Just answer it. You're not, we're not asking you for the names of anybody. You don't have to give up any confidential sources or undercover people. But you got to be able to say something. 
I've seen them do this before in press conferences right after they arrest somebody. You know, thank to, thanks to our, you know, we had an informant, this, that. They, they say that. They do talk about methods. Anyway, I thought that she just had a case of stage fright and wouldn't, didn't want to say because her bosses didn't authorize. Fast forward, that was January to today, yesterday. And we played this with the congressman, Christopher Ray. He is the director of the FBI. Oh, by the way, a real crony of uh, Chris Christie. Um, and he, the director of the FBI. <laughs> I think he's basically acknowledging that FBI agents were there. And um, they had a role in this whole thing. Cut 24. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters? on January 6th of 2021. Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, About when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, But to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters position inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. I should not, but I am. I am because we know what you're <laughs> – they were there inside it. You know, it never occurred to me until that exchange. The FBI had assets inside the Capitol waiting for people to arrive. You realize what a huge deal this is? Hmm? You realize what our government is capable of? Wow. I mean, I knew there was corruption, but this is this is beyond systemic. What is this? This is we're approaching fascism right now. We really are. And uh God bless that congressman. Christopher Ray, you're a disgrace. You're talking to America like we're a bunch of little kids. You can't talk about you can reveal. Surely you understand that I can't. No, we're adults. We understand you can't reveal the identities of confidential informants or the identities of FBI agents who might have been working undercover. But you can and you must tell the American people how the FBI was deployed on that day. You said you could categorically deny that FBI agents instigated or orchestrated, but you couldn't say anything else. Interesting. Number one, how do you know? Were you there on January 6th? You don't know. You can't say that. I noticed you didn't use words like, could you categorically deny that FBI agents facilitated January 6th, helped on January 6th, led the way on January 6th, monitored January 6th? seems to me like FBI agents certainly did not make any (laughs) phone calls to say, uh, we're on our way to the Capitol, and uh, you guys better uh, get ready for us because these people are coming. I mean, uh, I don't think the bicycle racks that you guys uh, have are going to cut it. <laughs> they let them inside. They let them inside. I'm really glad. I Now I, I, I should keep track of this. I've asked Jim Jordan about January 6th. I've asked uh, in recent weeks. Jim Jordan, he's going to follow up. Congressman, uh, we just had a moment ago, Muser, he's going to follow up. 
Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed, and America is just going to shrug its shoulders and pretend that she was a terrorist, and that's what she had coming. You'd be surprised how many bills. She refused to comply. People blow off the cops all the time. That doesn't mean a cop can shoot you dead, right? Do you know that? Do you know also that there isn't a law enforcement department in America that would have sanctioned that shooting? where the cop would not have been suspended. Instead, in Congress, as backwards as it is, they give them a gold medal. Literally, give them a gold medal. <laughs> oh, gee. Strange time. Strange time. Uh, on my show last night, I went through it, how the wife of the new independent prosecutor uh, has made very bad movies with Michelle Obama and given all kinds of money to Joe Biden. That's not independent. Can you imagine in a million years anybody who had given money to Trump being appointed as an independent prosecutor? No, it would never happen. So, hmm, where else are we? Where else? How do we feel? Are you grateful? Are you grateful? I think we should be. I think we should be. And one thing that has made all the difference, folks, For me, and hopefully for you, a couple of things I'm very, very grateful for. It's number one, it's five years of sobriety. I have not touched a lick of that crap in five years. Uh, Happily married, children, and closer to God than I've ever been. However, I've got a ways to go. I really do, and that's one of the things about the Bible. It's so big. You can't just read that book once and say, I got it. I got all this stuff down. No, it's a living, breathing kind of thing. It goes on and on and on, and it's... uh, it's all great. It is all great. You know, where's that Mike Pence? I'm sorry, not Mike Pence. Who was that guy who made me angry, angry the other day? Mike Pompeo. You know, Mike Pompeo was you know making little jokes about Trump and undermining Trump, and I think it was very bad for Mike Pompeo. He was a Secretary of State under Trump. He was a CIA director, and his whole brand during those years was, I am Trump. I'm loyal to Trump. You know, uh, other people come and go, but I'm loyal, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to let this guy down. And now he's making jokes left and right. And I said, right, I said it. I went on Twitter and a couple of other places. And I said, Mike, you're done. You're finished. You're not funny. Uh, nobody, there's no, no one's clamoring for you to run for president. That's it. All right. Mike Pompeo can go on and have a great life. And I'm not saying that Mike Pompeo doesn't have a contribution or two to make. Not as president, though. Uh, no way. Uh, but he did say something in Las Vegas that I liked. And uh, here it is. Are you ready? Cut 33. The family, our core institutions, need to remind young people that there are things that are bigger than themselves. And if they will spend more time thinking about our founding documents, our Declaration of Independence, if they'll spend more time reading the Bible than the 1619 Project, then good things will happen for the United States of America. United States of America, and for anybody who spends more time reading the Bible than the 1619 Project, or reading the Bible than cruising around Instagram, or TikTok, or Pornhub, or you name it, it's there. Every distraction, almost all of them destructive, all there in our pockets at all times. And nobody encourages anybody to read the Bible. I know Joel Osteen does on Sunday mornings, and I love Joel Osteen, but they have chased faith out of the public square. And um, I've just told you a little bit about what it's done for me. I'm not forcing it on anybody. I'm not uh, I'm not judging anybody. And I, I, ju- I just, I do want to share, if there's something that you want to improve, 
you'll be amazed. He'll help you lick that and then open an entire world of possibility. He's got it all figured out. He really does. If you trust him, if you start learning about it, I got to remind myself. I spent, it wasn't unpleasant, by the way, 45 minutes this morning scrolling through mindlessly Instagram. And it's amazing stuff. I Watches that I like. I saw a dog and a tiger who are friends. Then I saw a cheetah and a, do- and a dog, a Labrador retriever. They're friends. Then I saw some guy uh, riding an elephant, a baby elephant. And then I saw a helicopter crash. I saw all these fascinating things. But I didn't get me anywhere. I really didn't learn anything other than I already know that tigers are cute uh, at certain times when they're not eating people. But they can be very cute. I didn't get anywhere. And this silly phone, what am I going to do with the phone? I have another problem, too. Every time, it's not a bad problem to have. Every time I walk by any store that sells pens, I've got to buy, I've got to buy, i got to buy the pens, especially magic markers. I just am fascinated by them. And here's something I learned today. I've got so many pens now. I probably have 500 magic markers, all different colors, all different styles, all different uh, you know, uh, widths, and the points are different, and some are brush, and some are pinpoint, some are fine point. And I can't decide which one I like the best. And I'm, and I'm, no matter what pen I'm using, I'm somewhat dissatisfied. Like, there must be a better pen. There must be a better pen. There must be a better pen. And I think that's what it's like for billionaires when they get really rich, if you're not careful. You know what I mean? There must be a better watch. There must be a better car. There must be a better plane. There must be something better. There must be something. Fortunately, I'm just playing with pens, and it's not doing any real damage. Um, although one of the kids grabbed one of the pens and, you know, went to town on the couch. But nothing really bad has happened with my pen fixation. But I do think there's something um relatable I, to this this it's a it's a low form of materialism and i've learned now that it will not material things stuff will never ever ever satisfy it will never ever ever bring us the peace and sense of security and purpose that we all want will not get it through things we will get it and we've got it through god uh, give me a moment Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This has to be boring, boring, boring for these kids to stand up here. You're allowed to do anything you want, including go steal a pumpkin if you want. Anything you want to do. Anything you want to do. Go steal a pumpkin. What the hell does that mean? He's at a Thanksgiving event at one of the bases where I served in the Marine Corps. uh, Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. There are a thousand Marines in there. And he tells this kid, quite frankly, happens to be, I, 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 I'm not politically correct, but I don't think it's a, why would a child want to steal a pumpkin, especially when there are pumpkins all over the place? I assume they're free, kind of, right? I mean, he tells this, the kid's black, and he tells him, you want to steal a pumpkin? Go steal a pumpkin. I won't tell anybody. Why would that kid want to steal one? He's got some very, very, I think, uh, antiquated views of uh, of people and how we behave and you know what makes us behave uh, the way we behave. For instance, cut 31, please. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Now, if you may not notice it at first. You see what he's saying, right? <laughs> All poor kids are black kids, children of color. What's going on with that? All... All white kids are definitely not poor. It's just so ridiculous. 
And then the piece of resistance when it comes to racist comments. Joe Biden made in May of 2020 with one of the top DJs in the world, uh, Charlemagne. I don't like his middle name, by the way, whatever is up with that. What does he call himself? The God? It's so stupid. But he's a nice guy here. He's very talented on the radio. And listen to the contempt that Joe Biden has for him. Just this man dared say, I have a question or two about you. Cut 32. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't black. Yeah, it's one thing if it was a, uh, I don't know, a 13-year-old juvenile delinquent said that. But he's the president of the United States. The former At that time, he was vice, former vice president of the United States. I mean, are you crazy? How could he not have been drummed out of the race right then and there? I don't know. All right, so listen, uh, how much time do I have? Because I haven't talked to anybody. 30 seconds. Your calls when I come back. You ever hear of this Dave Portnoy guy? Uh, I like him a lot, although I think he does need to tone it down a notch. He's the head of Barstool Sports. I'm not a real sports guy. I admire entrepreneurs. I admire what he's built. Uh, I hate it that the fake news is trying to destroy him. I like it that they're not winning and they're not succeeding. Uh, but there's a but here, and I'll be right back with that but. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <sighs> this is me. Uh, calls, calls, calls. Dan in Long Island, yes. Hey, Greg. I love your show. I listen to you uh, every day on the ride home. And then in the mornings, I actually uh, catch up on your Newsmax show on uh, on iHeartRadio. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. What's up? So I uh, heard you talking about the JFK assassination, and I wanted to – I tried to call in a few times. I can't – tough to get through to you. All right. Three what's up? Trying to get through to the mayor. So the uh, I saw a documentary a while back. And um, it was based on a book by some uh, uh, sharpshooter, and he was a gunsmith. And the story was that the they think the fatal shot came from the car behind Kennedy from one of the Secret Service agents, that when they heard the shots, one of the Secret Service agents pulled out an M16, and it accidentally fired, and that was the kill shot for Kennedy. And the guy goes through the whole story about he recreates the skull and, based on the autopsy results, uh, tries to fit one of um, Lee Harvey's bullets through the hole in the skull, and it doesn't fit. Yeah. And then, and then what? It was based off. It was based off a book he uh, wrote called Mortal, "Mortal Error," I believe it was called. Yeah. Um, and then they they went through it, like the autopsy, how there was like dozens and dozens of people in the autopsy room, including dozens of Secret Service agents, and they they took all the evidence. They took the bullet fragments. I know. I've seen a lot of this before. I mean, look, I don't believe it. I've, I've looked at the Warren Commission. I don't believe you could have kept, although I will tell you this, that's a very compelling theory, like, oh, wow, you could see them covering that up. So there was a cover-up, but not of something ultimately sinister, like they were out to kill Kennedy, but it was just a mistake. Now, I'm looking at the book you just talked about, The Shot That Killed JFK by Bonar Menninger. Uh, five stars. I'll check it out. But look, this is a guy who is a sharpshooter. And here's the problem with journalism in general as well. 
You're like, you got a theory. You got it in your head. Okay, this is what happened. And then you go out to prove what happened. It's called confirmation bias. You know, and then you go out and you collect data to tell the story you want to tell. I don't think Ronan Menninger set out to write, you know, well, let me just find out exactly what happened here. Uh, so I don't buy any of that stuff. I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've been through all of this for many, many, many years. And I went through, and I don't, I've seen it all. I don't believe that about the Secret Service. I don't at this point think that could have been uh, covered up. Uh, Oz, that, but that is one of the more intriguing theories and, 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 and slightly more plausible than some of the others. Uh, yeah, you should check it out. And I will check it out as well. I appreciate it, Dan. Mortal Error, the shot that killed JFK by Bonar Menninger, and it's in documentary form, too. Thank you, pal. Uh, Pamela in central New Jersey. Yes, hello. Yeah, I just want to tell you about your uh, collecting uh, magic markers. Um, it's not so much materialism. Uh, it sounds like it's like OCD anxiety reaction. And um, OCD, you're born with it. It's a part of the brain that clicks and makes you obsessive, usually about mild things. And the way to stop it is to stop the one obsession by replacing it with another. Now, since your obsession is pretty safe, I would stick with magic markers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. look, I, it's not really because I, uh, I mean, I'm in search of the perfect magic marker basically all the time. And I, I find something wrong with every magic marker. There's something just, uh, oh, if it could only have a little bit more of this and a little bit less of that. I'm always looking for the – and you're right. Is it, it? But I just picked it up like a few months ago. I picked it up like six months ago. I don't know if I have OCD. If you saw the condition of my office, my my you know, just the way I – I don't think I have OCD. And even the pens themselves, if I had OCD, they'd be all nicely arrayed and neat and all that stuff. I just basically have a huge bag full of these dumb things. So what does that mean? Am I crazy? No, OCD people are not crazy. It's um, and you don't have to be neat to be OCD. It can work the opposite way. How do you know all this stuff? Uh, I'm interested in that field. I taught special ed, and I love psychology. Yeah, no, it makes sense what you're saying. I'm into all that stuff, and it's it's not there's you're not materialistic. It's not like you want to. Hey, it it can work for you. But you know, you know what I mean. How it was kind of a. a, I, I understood how how materialism though is ultimately bankrupt ultimately empty you know because i'm playing with magic markers it doesn't make a difference but let's pretend that i was playing with rolex watches you know what i mean i could never find the best watch that would make me if i right that's where you would want to switch that that ocd to something else for example you could have an obsession washing your hands to the point where your hands become chapped you know that's a common obsessive compulsive uh, disorder now if you switch it to collecting markers that's much safer than that I know. And then if you find if you're going bankrupt because your house is full of magic markers, then you would want to switch to something no. else. Well, let me tell Maybe. you this. It's not like when I sit down in the morning to write my to-do list, I really am frozen for a little bit to pick the right marker. And I try this color. I try that color. I try this thickness. I try that thickness. I mean, come to think of it, it's getting, maybe I do need help after all. Too, don't forget, communication. What? So Commun- you went for an obsession that involved communication. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you know what happens? Oh, I'm late. And I just grab whatever pens there. <laughs> I just grab and then I just and then, you know, right, I have all these right. beautiful pens and then it's like time for me to actually start working. And I just 
start using whichever one is closest to my hand without any consideration. Like, okay, playtime's over. Now it's serious. Now I got to get to work. All right. Interesting, Pamela. I love it. I love it. What? Maybe you could also be a political cartoonist. Maybe that's no, you. I, I, and, I don't want to do. Well, I don't want to. I, I can't draw that well. It's like it's a little late and, and right. I can't do that. Uh, but, uh, uh, artwork is relaxing. Maybe you can get into calligraphy and it's very relaxing. No, calligraphy it, uh, will make me all. I can't. I can't. No, I, I, I that's I can't do calligraphy either. Well, do pastels or something. No, something pa- I can't pick the right color. That's the thing. I It's a nice. Uh, Blue, are we? I just, uh, gosh, I'm getting anxious thinking about it. All right, where's the Dino, please? Um, uh, thank you, Pamela. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um, I'm I'm being thankful for, uh, you know, the status quo. Hopefully, you know, we won the house. And uh, unlike that uh, snippet you used about uh, go steal the pumpkin, I had a wonderful father. So I'm thinking of that this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Happy and- Thanksgiving, Pam. Okay, you too. Pamela, Pamela, sorry. All right, Mike DeDino just walked in, the WABC sports director. Is that your title? That is my title. Also, it's nice to be back. It's been a long hiatus since I've been on. Well, let's get it out of the way because I know this is why you really love to come on my show. Uh, How do people find you in this uh, crazy sports betting situation you got going or whatever it is? What is it? Your Instagram, what do you got going? Well, you can follow us on social media, any social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, 77WABC Sports. But more importantly, check out our website, WABCSportsRadio.com. Look at you, the company man. I thought you were going to be pitching this uh, this little side thing you got. Did, Did you stop it? Do you still have it? I'm a company man. About time. Yeah. About time. All right. So, look. Uh, Dave Portnoy is the – talk about a company man. He started a company called Barstool Sports. He's a very talented, uh, charismatic, uh, a little bit crazy. I just want to set it up here. Let's listen to him just going nuts for whatever reason. Cut three, please. What is going on? we got to be a team. I don't know what's going on. i, I got to get through this thing. i got ten minutes. Can we can't stay together for ten minutes. Can we stay together? We're together. We're together. Right here. Right here. Right here. Guys! No. You f- no, you can't leave. Can't leave. You, you can't leave. leave. All right, I've heard no, enough. It's just a bunch of guys watching sports. Uh, tell me what's so good about Dave Portnoy. I'm a huge Dave Portnoy fan. Um, I'm, first of all, he built his company from scratch. You have to respect that. He built it into a multi-billion-dollar industry. But I find him very entertaining as somebody that likes to gamble, somebody that likes to watch sports. I see a little bit of myself in him, to be honest with you. Oh, I was hoping that you weren't going to say that. So you like to gamble? I am a, I am a big gambler. I don't want to say big, but I'm a gambler, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know we spoke about this briefly yesterday. You're not into the gambling. No, I think it's terrible. Look, I like Dave Portney, all the, th- all the things you just mentioned. Um, and I think his private life is his private life. And I think there's a lot of jealousy out there from the mainstream media, the legacy media trying to, you know, oh, he's too rich. He's getting too many girls. Let's take this guy down. He's not a predator. Uh, he's just a guy making his way through life, and he's being very, very successful. So we agree there. We do. But he's pushing gambling on 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 young men like yourself. Gambling. Most people to gamble in America, you know, for the past fifty years, you got to get yourself to some casino, Atlantic City, Vegas, Tupelo, Mississippi, wherever the hell they are. I've been myself. I've uh, gambled too much. I don't do it anymore. I briefly just I just gambled too much. It was like a two year period, and I don't I don't do it anymore. I never did it again. Uh, I don't know, dude. I think that to introduce young men like yourself, what are you twenty seven? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
how much, I mean, I, I, you realize that Dave Portnoy has a lot of influence and a lot of guys want to be like him. And it sounds like you kind of now, would you be gambling if it wasn't for Dave Portnoy? No, I, I've, I've, I mean, sports is my life and I enjoy gambling and I enjoy, you know, just the thrill of it, honestly. I mean, it probably sounds bad and it's not a great habit to have. And I agree with you. It, it does push bad habits. But at the end of the day, people have to take accountability. And if you do gamble, you have to be responsible. I don't know, man. Sports, 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 sports. So we look at the field. The players are making money. The broadcasters are making all kinds of money. The stadium is making all kinds of money. Everybody's making out like bandits except the fans, quite frankly. The ones who are there, they got to spend money to be there. The ones who are watching, a couple of things are going down. The time, the, the enormous amount of time you guys spend watching sports, and now the money. So do me a favor, just... If you know about this, what has Dave Portnoy done with the gambling company, and, and how's that working? So I believe they have their own sports book now. It's Barstool Sportsbook. I believe they're in Chicago. They might be starting a, a new sports book in another state, but they're trying to push their sports book to all these big betting states. And then, obviously, you make a ton of money off people like me, people like used to be you. And they just catch. And then, well, and- by the way, I know I made it sound probably darker than it was. There was a there was a casino in Philadelphia, Mississippi, about an hour and a half from where I lived. I think I went there six times in my life. One time, I played. I was playing blackjack, and I was up fifteen thousand dollars, starting with three hundred, and I wound up negative three hundred. I'll never, ever, 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 ever do it again. I just, uh, but I thought I'm going to get the 30,000 and then I'll stop 30,000 and then I'll stop. And I found out you can have all kinds of fun in the casino. If you're not gambling, by the way, there are other things to do it, but I, uh, so I don't do it anymore. That's a long time ago. So it's six times. And then after that emotional roller coaster, I, I wouldn't do it anymore. Dude, we are creating addicts. We are creating a, uh, you know, look, look what's been legalized. Uh, marijuana, uh, fentanyl is everywhere. Gambling, we're making it easier. You can gamble your life savings away on your phone. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm getting to the point where I've had it with Dave Portnoy. Actually, I mean, I defend him, as you know. Uh, I think he's been the victim of a smear campaign. But I, 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 gambling is just another vice that seems to be taking over. No one talks about faith anymore. And I'm going to talk about you, Dave, uh, uh, Mike. You're just starting out in life. I mean. I I don't know what your financial situation is, but I don't think uh, you should be screwing around with any of your discretionary income. You should be building something for the future. You should be investing, buying a house. I don't know. I mean, how much are we talking about? Not percentages. I mean, how much money are you spending? You realize the house always wins. Typically, unless you devote your whole entire life to following trends and following different type of lines. I actually have done well this NFL season, and I know the house – Probably 90% of the time wins, but sometimes the public does win, and I happen to have been lucky enough throughout at least this NFL season to do very well. I put a lot of work into it, honestly, and just like anything else, the more work you put into it, the better you will be. If, if that's, somebody that's, that's, that's not true when it comes to gambling. That is absolutely not true. The more time you put into it, the more of a, I think the word is degenerate. And I think the phrase, degenerate gambler. The more time you put into this unproductive, quite frankly, Soul-destroying activity, 
Sports is great. It brings people together. I mean, it's not for me. It's just I've got other things to do. I want to build things. I don't want to watch other people get into great shape and make money while I sit on my ass and watch the world go by and get fat and do other things. And, you know, it's amazing how much uh, destruction we do to our bodies as we watch sports, you know, from the beer drinking to the crepe, crummy food. Now, Tom Brady, I understand, hasn't had ice cream since, like, 1999. He has not eaten ice cream since 1999. This guy's not screwing around. But look at what he does. But all everybody, legions of people wearing dopey Tom Brady shirts, killing themselves, wanting to be like, I don't get it. So, But I do have the sense you know what you're doing to a point. You sound like you're in control. And uh, I hope it works out for you. I appreciate that, Greg. And what's what's up with you, man? How's, how's life been? We haven't. We what haven't... do you mean? I pour my soul out every freaking day. You don't know. I mean, that's the thing about you. I understand you're very focused on sports. You don't listen to the rest of the radio. But that's okay. That's okay. All right, Mike. Well, listen. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm going uh, to a family member's house tomorrow. A family member's house tomorrow. Yes. Mom. Your cousin's, cousin's house. <laughs> I'm being right. a little too uh, stuck Circumspect. Up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A family member. All right, what Mike. are you doing? Because you're a big eater, so I kind of wonder what, what a guy like you eats on a day like tomorrow. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? What a, what a mystery. What, How many places you, you really have? are a great, great interviewer. See if he's trying to turn the tables. Let me ask you. No, Mike, you're the best. Keep it up, and uh, we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Uh, wow. This is it. Thanksgiving Eve. Is it? Let me just hold on. Third Avenue is totally empty. It's like a ghost town out there. Everybody's gone. Is everybody? Has everybody arrived where they want to be? Uh, Roberta, are you where you want to be? Yes, I am for now. Thank you, Greg. We're uh, well. Welcome to the show. You're calling from Queens. What's going on? Yes, I wanted to ask you. Uh, do you how? To what extent should uh, the taxpayer be expected to finance the left's witch hunts against Donald Trump. Aren't you tired of this? I am tired of it, actually. And, you know, my wife was saying much the same thing. Can you believe these January 6 hearings and how much they cost to this independent prosecutor? And I found myself saying, well, you know, honey, I mean, they have certain pots of money, and it's not really coming out. And she said, well, shouldn't they be spending the money on roads? I'm like, well, that's a ty- an entirely different uh stream of revenue, and then I finally realized, Jesus, I sound like a swamp person. You're right. That is our money, and they shouldn't be spending it on this nonsense. Constitution, we are so far adrift, so far removed. So, yes, it does fire me up. Thanks to my wife. She's gotten me more focused on those kinds of things, and you too. Anything else going on? No, just getting ready for Thanksgiving and enjoying the holiday season. It's a beautiful time of year here in New York. Isn't it? I love it. I love it indeed. And let me ask you one question. Where in Queens are you? I live in Kew Gardens on um, the border Kew Gardens, Flushing. Isn't it a shame that Pastrami King is no longer there? You remember Pastrami King? I never heard of it. You never? Well, it's been gone now for 20 years, but it was right across the street from the courthouse. And it was possibly, and now we don't even have, what the hell's the name of that place? Carnegie Deli. It's, uh, we do have Katz's, though, on Delancey Street, but I'm not going to be eating any of that stuff uh, uh, tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Roberta, very, very much. Uh, let's see, Gail in Staten Island. Yes, Gail. Good afternoon, Greg. You know, before you were talking about um, the Kennedy assassination and Oliver Stone, being from Long Island, I'm wondering if you ever read the uh, autobiography by Ron Kovacs. Born on the 4th of July? Yeah. 
I never read the autobiography. I saw the movie, which I really did not like, had a lot of problems in it. Is the book good? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely anti-war, which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe is in it, right? And he was also in Platoon. I remember him in I, Platoon. I, I don't remember him in Foreign. I do remember this in the movie. They kept on talking about Massapequa, like he's in Vietnam, and he kept on saying, I think I need to go home to Massapequa. We don't really – we didn't – we didn't. I'm not. I don't live in Massapequa, but we didn't talk. You know, you don't talk about it like that. It was just one of those Hollywood things that drove me crazy. All right. So, bottom you know, my, line is what? My, no, my dad worked with him in the AMP supermarket, so I guess that's why I was a little more attuned. You know, oh, you you work with Ron Kovacs? Dad. Oh, at the AMP. Yeah. Wow. Great. And um, anyway. I had an uh, older friend that was in Vietnam who also re-enlisted, and he did uh, escape unscathed but not mentally. And uh, one night we were all sitting around. We had children then, and uh, he just started talking about it, and everything got dead silent. I have to say, you know, the ending was, you know, a little far-fetched, but... What went on with them and, you know, the smoke and the weed and the gambling and the craziness? That's true. It was really. I, you know what? I don't know about that, to be honest. You know, my dad was there for a year and he said, you know what he never saw in his entire time in Vietnam? Drugs. He just never saw it. Never heard about it. Never smelled it. Never saw it. There were, you got to remember this, a lot of people in Vietnam who never saw combat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know they just. I, I know somebody who. Uh, well, my dad served with him. You know how he died in Vietnam, in a donut eating contest. No kidding, they had a donut eating contest at the uh, Air Force pool. Now, my dad was in real deal combat. He uh, and he knew of this. He wasn't there, so I don't know. I don't know what it all means. Born on the Fourth of July, though, worth a read. All Listen, right. One more thing, Greg. I got to go. Tomorrow, everybody sit around the table and give thanks how blessed we are. Yeah, you know what? All right, Gail. I think, right? That's the whole point. One more thing, but it's a good point. Thank you, Gail. Bye. Oh, don't leave like that. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and uh, to be continued. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.